No other footballer does things that I am not capable of doing myself, but I see that I do things that others can't do. There is no player more complete than me. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan, as our good friend Peter Welton would say. I'm Buzz Carrick. Peter is not here today. Uh, I'm on vacation myself, but Peter is actually has to do some work super, super early in the morning tomorrow, so he was not able to join us today. Uh, with me is Dan Crook. Dan, welcome to the podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. And I'm uh, calling in from right here in DFW, and maybe I'll even catch Peter on the ticket in the morning. There you go. Uh, I myself am calling in from Spokane, Washington, if that tells you anything about how we do media in the modern era. This may be a little bit of a rougher show because uh, we obviously don't have, between Dan and I, we don't we have a lot of media experience, but we don't have Peter's audio radio expertise. He usually cuts these shows together, but we're going to do our best to try and hold the show together. This will probably mostly be a conversation between Dan and I about some of the various things we're going to talk about. And let's start, Dan, with the DC United game. Uh, which was the last game for our lovely FC Dallas compadres. And, uh, okay, FC Dallas won 2 to nothing. Uh, interesting game. Uh, one, I thought Dallas uh, was clearly the better team and had control of that game. I think the statistics of 23 shots to 7 is pretty indicative. Uh, you know, Lucci ball is on display, 57% passing to 42 87% accuracy. That's great. Little passes were down a little bit. Only 479 for Dallas. They usually are above 500 and closer to six. But you got to like 22 crosses. You got to like 23 shots. Nine on target isn't bad. Uh, the the hot topics of the day, Dan, were the two red cards, which uh, we both had to go back and look at on video later in the run of play. I thought Wayne Rooney kicked out at um, at uh, the the Dallas player, who's all of a sudden I can't remember who it is because it's been a week. And um, um, that would be uh, Michael Barrios. Michael Barrios, yes. I thought that he kicked out of, kicked out at him. Wayne did, and so I was like, okay, that could be a red card. And they reviewed it, and upon review, perhaps it's not a red card. And then the second red card on Acosta, where he steps on Pax and Pomico, looked pretty clearly obvious. Where, what did you see from your point of view on those, Dan? Um, I was actually in the, in the beer garden doing the whole fan thing, so was, uh, I didn't actually see the Rooney foul. I was asking people around what happened, what happened, and uh, a couple of people were said. I, from what I saw, I didn't see anything that was red card worthy, and uh, sure enough, the referee goes back to VAR, and although the foot was high, it was, you know, it was the laces side that catches Barrios's leg. It's you know, it's it's an intentional trip. It wasn't necessarily yeah. uh, reckless endangerment. Uh, the the Lucci on Acosta one was kind of interesting because uh, I don't know if you ever keep up. Well, I mean, obviously not while you're on uh, on walk about 2019. But I don't know if you ever keep up with the uh, MLS videos that uh, Andrew Weeby and uh, Bobby Warshaw do the red card reviews. But sure. Bobby Warshaw was, was actually trying to defend Luciano Acosta and say, you know, mm. how can he, you know, how can he prevent stepping on Paxton Pomico? And, and it's like he took three steps, then kind of took a half step onto Paxton's chest. It's like I, I'm not sure how you can really defend that. It was, it was pretty bad. And again, I thought you know the review and the reversal of the decision was the exact right call. Yeah, one thing we say about professional soccer players, probably pro athletes in general, but specifically soccer players, is they have phenomenal body control. 
Yeah, they have wonderful ability to control exactly where they're stepping, exactly where they're kicking. And and, and if you want to look at Wayne Rooney as an example, Michael Barrios ran around Wayne like he was standing still, and so Wayne kicked him. You know, and if that, he wanted pretty, to, he could have started him in the back of the leg, and he didn't. Yeah. His control was it, to flick the knee with the leg with with toe and and do it in a way that's not a red card. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, we often talk about this with players, like when they're falling down and they're like, oh, the guy got his arm caught between. Yeah, that dude grabbed his arm on purpose. When they're falling down or whatever they're doing, it's the reason why a lot of people complain about uh, diving in soccer. These guys have so much athletic ability, so much body control, such balance that when they get fouled, they don't fall over like you and I do. Mm. If they want the foul, they have to choose to fall over. So it looks a lot like a dive even when they were fouled. Of course, they do have two. That's different. But, you know, body control is amazing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, even uh, away from the professional level, I've, I've played against guys and I've been pulling the shirt right, right off their shoulder. And I remember playing a game, guy goes down, I, I managed to jump over and miss him. And, you know, he gets a free kick. I'm like, sorry, mate. I, you know, I know I was pulling your shirt, but, I, you know, I wanted to get that ball. He's like, nah, that's cool. I flopped. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> well, overall, an outstanding game by FC Dallas in that, that game against DC United. Jesus Ferreira played a pretty strong game. Michael Barrios, they had no answer for him. Paxton Pomacol is, again, you know, you could he could be your man of the match in every single game. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cervani was fantastic. My man of the match in that game, Santiago Mascara, was interesting because he started the game, which was a bit uh, not totally surprising because of Baji's performance the previous game. But Mascara looked so winded and gassed by halftime. I thought, you know, he'd taken half first the half of the first half off. I thought yeah. he's coming off at sea. But then he he stayed on the whole game, and I gave him a lot of cre- credit afterwards because of the impactful moments he had and how he chose his moments to be to do things. Because clearly, clearly he's not ninety minute game fit at this point. No, no, you know you said uh, you know it looked like he'd come off after sixty. I think his two best moments were immediately after that hour mark. There was, uh, you know, the run and. Uh, and shot that ended up with uh, Baji tapping it back in, and then um, it's a couple of minutes later again, cut back around the wing, and uh, with a chance that Barrio should have really put away. Yeah, Mascara was terrific, and I, I think uh, obviously the next real game, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, I would expect to see him again over Baji at this point. Uh, the moment of the game for me, um, at, well, let's first let's give a little praise to defense, which I thought collectively was pretty good. Hollingshead, Bresson, Ziegler. Um, you know, uh, Brasson still t- does a good defensive first job uh, and did a nice job taking Yao, the uh, Griffin Yao, DC's spectacular U17 out of the game. Um, and overall, a collective good defense. For me, the moment of the game was late on when Paxton Pomacall made that 70-yard run in the 85th minute and almost scored by tr- making a trailing run. That was the most ridiculous run I have seen in a long time. It was such a lovely moment. And, and you mentioned Mascara. That's who played the ball for it. Yep, yeah. All right, let's move on to the uh, Cholos game. I'm, I know I'm butchering that in my Anglo-Six. Zolos, Cholos, uh, former FC Dallas coach Oscar Preya, Poppy. We all know him and love him coming to town. Uh, fabulous guy. He's doing some great things with that team. Um, Dan, you wrote a big, huge breakdown about that game online. And let's let me first lead lead into you that by talking about the lineup. Uh, Pepe up top. Mm. This is obviously a perhaps second choice or even worse choice, including some academy guys lineup that might have made some people mad on the Cholo side. 
Arangi starts on the wing. Atua Hene is recalled, starts on the right wing. Thomas Roberts starts. Surio and Hayes, those are two quality players in there. Yep. 16-year-old Jonathan Gomez starts at left back out of the U-17 team. By the way, a player I assume is going to be signed to a pro contract any minute. Brisson starts. Montgomery starts. Reynolds, who's really come on of late, starts. Zobek, who's the third-choice keeper, gets in the goal. So, Dan, break that game, get that game down for us. Uh, no goals. That's, uh, that's that's the headline of it. Um, it was it was an interesting game. It wasn't. I say it was interesting. Uh, it was interesting on some levels. Uh, we saw uh, an you know near first choice uh, Sherlock's lineup come in, granted in preseason mode, and we saw an FC Dallas second team handle him comfortably. I guess uh, I guess the talking point really is uh, Pablo Arangis. Uh, you know, starts on the left wing, trying to recapture that that form with Chile in the uh, Toulon tournament. Uh, within ten minutes, uh, he hasn't committed a foul, but the referee's given him a last warning because he just keeps going and going and going. He, he kept he kept diving on on things that weren't even close to a foul. You know, you get into half time. Uh, sorry, not half time. Uh, you get into stoppage time just before the break, and there's this little coming together with one of the midfielders. Kind of leans his shoulder in, seems to like flick his elbow a little bit. Referee reaches straight for the for the yellow card. Fourth official gives him a little signal, shows you know shows the elbow, and uh, that quickly gets cha- upgraded to a red. It was weird, he, you know he and he's still on the field arguing that, trying not to leave. Yeah, we saw a lot of uh, a lot of experimentation. We saw Brian Reynolds play right, uh, continue at right back, played a little bit left back, looked really comfortable there. Jonathan Gomez in the little uh, right up, you know, I said believe the hype. But if Buzz didn't disappoint you projecting Pepe or Sorio as MLS players last year, don't be disappointed now. And I think through the course of the game, we saw basically the entire 11 subbed, including a player at right back is interesting. But also, before we get to that part, the one player that did not get in the game was the Garden Snake. Andresic, which probably says something else. But let's talk about the guys who did play. In particular, I think you mentioned Tuomasi uh, came off the bench and uh, along with Jata. And Jata played the center back and, and Tuomasi played right back. Yeah, so um, Callum Montgomery, uh, you know, he got, I think he played the full game. Fantastic defensively, but his passing isn't quite up to Lucci ball. Uh, no. Starting Brisson next to him, someone whose distribution is, you know, really good. And then subbing in Jata, who, honestly, uh, Afasani Jata, I think, is one of the best passers at the club, period. Um, you know, you watch him in the midfield for North Texas, and, you know, the way he spreads the ball around, it's just, it's done in a calming way, an efficient way. It's just, it's what you need. And, you know, it's one of the reasons we say he's going to be a guy that gets to MLS and then gets beyond it. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helped. I, I think that kind of helped to a degree with having... Uh, those two players next to Montgomery where there were times he tried to pass out to uh, Gomez and he passed him into trouble, passed him into a lot of pressure, which, you know, for a 15-year-old, passing him into pressure while playing at the back is not ideal. So having, you know, having someone that you can just go straight to your your left and, uh, yeah, and you know, comfortably get that pass into midfield was uh, was quite handy. Tumasi was, uh, was quite interesting. Uh Lucci just explained it, and you know you've said before you've seen him play uh, right back in practice. Yes. Um, Lucci just said, you know, we we tried him out in a tactical draw yesterday just for numbers, and he did really well. And you know they just wanted to see him in a real game against real opposition. That's what it came down to. Sure. 
And before we talk about Pablo Rangi's, you know, the, the running on the wall, perhaps, for Andresic, despite Lucci's comment about what a pro the guy is after the game, uh, you know, if you're not getting into the friendlies even now, the Garden Snake, Andresic, that, that can't be a good sign for your long-term future at the club, can it? No, not at all. I mean, when you think, you know, they subbed in Baji, they subbed in Jesus Ferreira. Uh, now, you know, Lucci did say, oh, you know, my substitution pattern changed with the red card. And he didn't name Andrasic, but he said, you know, it was, again, it was backhanded compliments. Great professional. Yeah. Showed a lot of respect. Um, Damning with praise, right? That's not what we say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you wanted to get Andrasic some reps... You could have left Ferreira on the bench. You could have left Baji on the bench. But instead, you know, that was the priority, was to, to get them the minutes. And so the Garden Snake remains. Which leads us to the next guy that, we, that I think we should talk about in all seriousness. is Mr. Pablo Arangis, who, if, if not tried to get Red Carter, perhaps... Uh, is is walking a thin line to begin with. Clearly, things are not going well for him. He was left out of the Portland trip in favor of Thomas Roberts. Thomas Roberts. Thomas uh, Roberts. You know, a guy that is not... Again, he's starting at this false wing position. A guy that's just not fitting in with Luchi Gonzalez, not making an impact on this team, and getting paid a fair clip. Seems to be massively homesick for his home country and perhaps his family, who may or may not uh, be here as much as he would like. Um, I, 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 are we destined to see this guy leaving sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall for him. Um, even in this game, it was it was kind of weird in this game. It was the best I've seen him play defensively. He had he had a lot of hustle. He was it was like he had something to prove, whether that was to Lucci or to Oscar Pereja. Um, but then, yeah, there you go. Carrying the ball forward, he's lazy. He's giving it away. He's not finding his passes. He's uh, he's you know he's he's diving. He's complaining at the referees. Complaining at the players passing the ball. He's throwing elbows around. He's you know it, it was it was a petulant display. Um, you know we we have heard from certain people that you know his family, particularly his kids, are uh, are in Chile away from him, and you know that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, which you know at his age that's. Uh, probably a tough experience to go through hey off field matters man guys settling and being comfortable and being happy is a big deal i mean you know there was always the old adage uh whenever a player gets married has a kid moves in with his girlfriend he's having a crap season imagine leaving your kids in a different continent yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, well but, uh, you know, there's a lot of chatter in chile about uh, you know people wanting to bring him back down there and I, you know, I think at this point, if someone offers ten dollars, you take it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he finishes uh, the year here. Um, the the window is still open, lots of places. I don't know about the Chilean window specifically, but lots of places the window is still open. It'd be interesting to see if something were to happen quickly, or whether he would finish out the season. Because at this point, uh, he probably is not the greatest influence on the locker room. He certainly on the sideline has terrible body language when he's not subbing in the game. Things are not going well with that young man. Yeah, I mean, people used to talk about Sad Mara Diaz, but I mean, yeah, I, I think you know, I, I'd put Mascara fifty percent of the time and Pablo a hundred percent of the time over that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's real quickly lead uh, ahead a little bit to the before we get to Mr. Reggie Cannon, which I want to talk about next. But let's real quickly look ahead to the Minnesota uh, game this weekend. Uh, I don't think I don't know of anybody suspended for FC Dallas, but I can't imagine you're going to see many changes from the last game. You saw a pretty comprehensive performance. Um, Gonzalez and Ned is a no-brainer. Hollingshead, Ziegler, Hedges is obvious. Mm-hmm. I'll get to right back in a second. The Brandon Cervania, Brian Acosta combo look pretty darn good. Michael Barris and Santiago Mascara look good. Pomacol is written in pen at this point. Jesus Ferreira is your nine. That leads us to the one big question, does it not, Dan, which is does Reggie Cannon come back and immediately get back in to your starting lineup at right back uh, for this team? <sighs> Yeah, so that's a tough choice. You don't change a winning team. You don't change a team that's playing well. But that's a good point. It's Reggie. You know, Reggie's a fantastic Reggie. player. Yeah, yeah, and, and Reggie's a uh, pure fit as a right back. Prasan is a center back playing as a right back, a defensive first minded player. You've you've been missing big time your verticality out of the right back position. Uh, The team's been incredibly lopsided. Not that Bresson hasn't tried to get forward at moments, but let's be honest, he's not Reggie who's going to come back in glorious form and played so well at the gold cup that now, of course, there's all these rumors floating around that people are interested in buying him for crazy amounts of money that, that SC Dallas is more than likely not going to be able to turn down and and, and when you talk about cannon and his versatility and his and his potential at a higher level and his potential sale you have to also understand how these things work and fc dallas already has brian reynolds who's coming on as a right back they've played him against jolos again they've played him for north texas they've been playing him at both both forward wings as well uh ready to slot into that position and then they got a u19 kid who's a pro more than likely over the next year and uh, kevin bonilla as a right back so they're and, and they have johnny nelson coming back from injury who can play right back so there's cover for cannon who is as hot as it gets right now in terms of an fc dallas commodity numbers that i saw kicking around and i don't have any no- way to v- verify these numbers at this point those numbers to me are like those are numbers that fc dallas is going to jump all over yeah, I mean, when you're talking like five million plus for uh, for a young defender, that's, uh, that's that's something you don't sniff at. Yeah, that's that's more than we, if I'm if I'm not brain farting, that's more than they got for uh, Carlos uh, Grezzo, uh, is it not? Uh, yeah, that was uh, reported four and a half. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's remarkable, and and, and the new era of developmental club and the new era of selling. Uh, that the hunts are doing here and, 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 and Lucci Gonzalez talks about we're a developmental club and, and uh, he talks about how the, the gold cup was an opportunity of a lifetime for Reggie. Certainly that looks to have been the case. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see if, if between now and the end of the year, as uh, our good friend, Peter said, might we end up with Carlos Grezzo, Reggie Cannon, and God forbid Paxton Pomacall all sold by the end of this season. Oh, please. I hope not Paxton Pomacall. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I uh, I accidentally hit play on uh, on the very first third degree podcast uh, the other day while uh, trying to listen to uh, last week's with with Steve Davis, and um, I think the cold open was was uh, Peter talking about being excited to have a midfield of Brian Acosta, Carlos Grosso, and Pablo Arangues. <laughs> yeah, at that point we were assuming that Arangis was going to be the ten uh, for okay, this team, it, and you know, at yeah. least Acosta worked out. <laughs> yeah, at least got Brian Acosta looks legitimate and is happy to be here, hoping to hold the ball club. Uh, uh, you know, I, 
Go ahead. Also, just uh, just going back to the immediacy of will will Cannon start? Uh, two things I'm thinking probably will. Baltimore Toledo is the referee, and Brisson likes to foul people. Yes, he does. And you really want to put your best foot forward because, I mean, we knew Minnesota had been on this uh, fantastic streak. In six games, they've now scored 26 goals. Mm. Uh, wow. Yeah, that that's a team like – there's one thing to say be defensive. It's another thing to say you got to make that team sit back too, and that's part of a player like Cannon balancing Hong's head on both wings. Uh, it's going to be important. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've you've got to, you've got to overcompensate for for any defensive frailties from Holland's head in that case. Yeah, I mean, yep. both their last two away games, they've won three two. Uh, you know, don't be surprised if it's a one goal game one way or the other in this one. Uh, sorry, yep. they're at home, so I'm that was completely useless. Uh, <laughs> They've actually conceded one in each of the last four uh, home games and scored <laughs> 20 in that time. These things happen. We can make an edit or not. We'll just leave it raw. That happens too. <laughs> this is the rough version with no Peter. The rough uh, cut. There you go. The rough cut, yeah. Um, well, real quickly, I just wanted to comment on Paxton. If you want to compare the idea of selling Paxton Conical versus the idea of selling Reggie Cannon as a club philosophy, uh, the pipeline is there at right back. We've talked about the people that are coming up through the system. And even uh, there's a young man in the 17 team who's starting to play really well too, whose brain's name is leaking out the bottom of my brain. My apologies to him. Um, but Paxton at this point is a unicorn for this club. Is he not? There's no Arangis can't play that spot. Santi's not shown in there. there. There's nobody that can play that role as Paxton plays it with that explosiveness into the gaps those, dis- those decisive plays in the final third. Without him, they s- are not anywhere near as good as with him. And Thomas Roberts, who might be the most likely to fill those shoes, is not Thomas anywhere near Roberts. ready to be Paxton Pomico good. So we all, as, in terms of competition, are crossing our fingers that they're not selling Paxton anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, you've also got to look at, you know, I've seen a couple of people say $5 million for Reggie. No, no, that's not enough. We want at least 10 Well, fullback is a cheap position to replace. Yes, it's, yes. You know, any winger can be converted to a fullback, um, whether it's a good fullback or an okay fullback. You know, yeah. um, we've had people talk about Ryan Holland's head for MLS Team of the Year at this point because wow, you know, because he's done a good job at left back, not spectacular, not defensively great, but going forward, let's um, just say. Fullback, there's a production line. There's a, there's a yes. bunch of players waiting for those contracts. Uh, a 10, really difficult to produce. Mm. Um, I mean, the best one might be David Rodriguez, who's down plays with North Texas, but is only 16, 17 years old. That's a, yeah. that's a long way from Paxton Pomacall. Yeah, you've got him. You've got... Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't personally like it, but Lucci likes the idea of Jesus at 10. Uh, yeah. Roberts. Roberts isn't the explosive player. Roberts is the... You know, I can put a ball on a dime, sixty String yards baller. away. Yeah, um, yep. he's that guy you kind of want to want to pull back and be more of the eight. Uh, That'll be an interesting thing to watch with Roberts over the next season or so. Is if they try and convert him to an eight, that might be his better look. But also, Paxton's going to be the Paxton's the face of this franchise right now, and he, he potentially is. could be for the next, you know, ten twelve years. You got to pay him though. If you're going to do that, well, you've got to pay him, and if you're going to lose yeah. him, you've got to get paid. Yeah, that's absolutely. when you're talking, you know, eight figures. Yes. Yeah. 
All right, since we're talking about the Academy a little bit, let's break in really quickly to the Developmental Academy Championship. The U19s got to the final today, and they lost 2-1 to NYCFC. NYCFC won their second straight U19 title. That's a really, really good team. Uh, North North uh, North Texas, good grief. Uh, NYCFC, they have, they have multiple players who are, uh, you know, already breaking into their first team. Sands, who is a guy that was in the U could have been in the U twenties and maybe could have been in the national team. Came down and played. They have a phenomenal center back I love named Tavon Gray. Uh, you know, super talented squad. But let's be honest, FC Dallas is super talented too. But you know, sometimes you got to play the games. And uh, in this case, uh, there was an early penalty kick by I believe Gibran uh, Rayo uh, that did not go Dallas's way, and that maybe set the tone. And and Dallas did not get the result they were looking for in this game. But still, a phenomenal season by the 19s, many of whom spent a bunch of time playing with North Texas and were gone for half the season. And this team continued to produce, missing five or six players at a time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, it's kind of. It's hard to have that consistency through the season when you've you've got that occurring, when you've got players going off with national team, going off with North Texas C, you know, even on day to day, you know, losing players in training to the first team, things like that. Uh, yep. You know, it, talking about the game itself, uh, Rayo's penalty a little bit weak. He also got fouled. For, well, he he was the one that won the penalty. It wasn't. I don't think it was a foul personally. And I'm always a great believer in the if you got fouled, you don't take it because you're too emotionally charged. Yep. Uh, he kind Agreed. of, you know, he tried to strike it to the keeper's right. Keeper had a great reach into the corner, uh, tipped it around. I mean, he, he won Golden Glove. Uh, the, let me see what his name is. The, New York's keeper. Yeah. I'm sorry. His name escapes me, but yeah, um, fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then after that, that, that really uh, that charged uh, NYCFC to win it for the second consecutive season. Um, yep. Up until uh, Benny Redzik got an injury time consolation goal. Yep. It was it was defending that seemed to let it down. Uh, first goal was uh, was it? it was off a cross, half volleyed, and then there was just a bit of a scramble after it took a deflection. You know, really should have been cleared away. Second goal, Nathan Toledo's trying to shep, uh, shepherd a ball out of play. He's doing it way too far away from the byline. And a little bit of pressure, he goes down and, you know, New York City player just dances off with the ball. Yeah. Well, speaking of Benny Redzik, he is a he is technically a U17 who plays up with the 19s. He has played up with the 19s all season, mind. He has not been playing with the 17s. Uh, he's a guy that I believe uh, is either already in or is close to being in some conversations about being a professional, whether that be a North Texas contract or a homegrown contract. He's a guy who plays on the wing, uh, kind of a slashing kind of player, not a speed player, but more of a creative player that can come inside. A guy with a pro future needs to mature a little bit on and off the field, but that's you know sometimes that happens. So he's a guy that'll be in the conversation over the next couple of years, maybe even before the end of this year for a pro contract. And then the other player, uh, most of the North Texas 19s went back and played. One in particular that I've been raving about and I think is ready for a homegrown contract is Tanner Tessman. And he earned the golden ball for the uh, DA playoffs as the MP. Uh, this kid is spectacular, and he has been playing above himself and above this team. And even for North Texas, he's one of their best players, and he's still a cap player. And an incredibly versatile player. You can play him right through the middle of the team. You know, whether 
The first, I think one of the first times I saw him was, uh, he, you know, he's playing eight. Next time I see him, he's playing nine. I'm just like, he yep. looks like he's played in both positions all his life. How is he that comfortable? And he's, you know, to, you know, a phrase that we use in the UK is built like a brick shit house. And that's yep. exactly what he is. Yeah, six foot one, the athlete, uh, the body of a football player, not this football, the other football. Uh, you, as you mentioned, we've seen him play. I personally witnessed him play as a six, an eight, a ten, both wings, and as a nine. And honestly, wow. the way he passes, and that given his size, he could be an amazing million-dollar center back too. The kid has got so much versatility. The big question about whether he will sign or not a pro contract has to do a little bit with his family background. His father. Uh, works at Clemson, Clemson University and runs uh, their coach's football foundation. So he's heavily involved in the NCAAs and with football and with Clemson University. Those are uh, I have not seen a Tanner Testament college commitment, but obviously there's a big draw there in terms of his family and an education and all that kind of stuff. Still, for me, as a, evaluating this guy purely as a player, I don't know him personally, uh, college is a waste of time for this kid. This kid needs to be playing professional, not maybe not even North Texas, maybe straight homegrown deal like Evan Surreal last season. Sign to a homegrown deal now. Bring him into the start of 2020 as your newest homegrown player. This kid's ready. He is legit. He has the size. He has the ball skill. He has the passing skill. His, he, the, I watched a clip, an every touch clip from the championship. He had a 70 yard crossing pass on the money to um, Bustamante on the break. It's just ridiculous how talented this kid is. Definitely. And it's also worth bearing in mind that those games where North Texas played more than their number of NCAA eligible players, he played in right. all of those games. He could, That could he be the plan. You know, he's not yeah. going to college, doesn't need the eligibility next year, pay the man. Especially yeah. if it, it is an FC Dallas homegrown deal. They can pay him a lot more. Yeah, just just in case some listeners don't know what we're talking about, there's a limit of the amount of academy players you can play in a USL one game, and the limit is five. If you bring on a sixth player, that player uh, loses their NCAA protection. So at some point this season, FC Dallas burned the NCAA protection on somebody. We don't know who it is. Um, uh, we haven't been able to figure that out yet. So, And it could be this kid. Two as well, because there was one game they played with seven. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, obviously, the kids that are playing with North Texas from the academy already are clearly the guys that they are going to attempt to sign or already are attempting to sign. So there's there's no question, and this is probably for another podcast, where a lot of the kids that they signed this first season are on contracts are on a super short leash next year. I wouldn't be surprised if half the current signings are gone. A lot of them are on one-year deals. We already think Jota's moving up. Pepe's already moved up. There's going to be some new guys coming in, new academy guys coming in. You know, this team's going to have some turnover, uh, and and they clearly have already blown a couple NCA eligibilities. We don't know who, but it's going to impact this team, and, and those kids are going to have to sign pro contracts now. Definitely. Definitely, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who it is and – to do the uh, the detective work on those uh, six seven players from those couple of games and yeah, you know figure out what the plan was. Yeah, and we'll know as soon as uh, some started some signings will start to happen over the course of this next few months. I think you won't get into the next academy season with some without some guys being signed. Maybe to North Texas, maybe to homegrown deals. There'll be some movement between before the end of the year. All right. Speaking of homegrowns, let's go on to the homegrown game. Uh, where FC Dallas had four players named to the homegrown team, Edwin Cerrillo, Brandon Cervania, 
Thomas Roberts and Brian Reynolds. This Thomas is a good Roberts. honor. Thomas Roberts. Good honor for all these guys. No Jesus Ferreira, but he's played a lot of games for FC Dallas, so perhaps understandable. You, a lot of times the homegrown games tend to be guys that are more – uh, on the outside looking into the 18 sometimes, like your Thomas Roberts and your Brian Reynolds, guys who need some minutes. But clearly, with Evan Cerillo and Brandon Cervania, maybe those are positional needs for that team. And those guys have been a little in and out, depending on who's available and who's starting. And, and now they maybe one or the other will be starting for FC Dallas. We don't know which one. But um, you know, a good chance for those guys to get a little minutes over the All-Star break and have a good honor and have a good time and, and, do, and do some fun stuff on a national stage. Definitely, yeah. Uh... You know the uh, Chivas under twenties uh, again should be uh, should be an interesting one. I think last time they played Chivas, it was two uh, two or goalless draw. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus Ferreira, Paxton Pomacol played in the last few. Uh, be interesting to see where they typically play. You know, forty five minutes each. If uh, if Saria and Savania are together, or if they, uh, you know. Switch out for yeah. that that more defensive midfield role at halftime. Wouldn't it be fun to see them see the 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 homegrown games start Saria, Cervania, and Roberts in a midfield together? Wouldn't that be fun? That <laughs> Get a triangle. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Give them a whole half together or something. That'd be good. And it's also uh, it'd be interesting to see where Reynolds comes in. I mean, he's listed yeah. as a defender in the team, but you know, is he going to play left? Is he going to play right? We've seen him a little bit in center for the nineteens. He's obviously a, a an adept winger and striker. I mean, he played a lot of nine for the academies at some point. The kid's really versatile, so you can use him anywhere. Absolutely. Maybe he'll play at six. Yeah, he can. The, wouldn't Every that be FC Dallas plays, plays a six. <laughs> plays a six. That would be something. <laughs> All right, that's a good honor for those guys. And again, that won't mean a lot in terms of actual value, competitive value, but it will be a lot of fun nonetheless. And, and now I have uh, a lot of incentive to go watch the homegrown game and, and hopefully enjoy that for those guys. And of course, there's there's two all-stars for FC Dallas as well, but we knew that before. Um, uh, um, Paxton Pomacall, who was a commissioner's choice, and Matt Hedges, who was picked by the coach um, as a defensive player. Who's had, Matt Hedges, by the way, having a phenomenal season, uh, really has improved his passing this year. The same defense always been has really stepped up his game in terms of luchi ball so credit to him and paxton as well for their selections absolutely and i still think it's criminal that matt hedges doesn't get a look in with the national team yeah you know you know he got a good run at some point and i think the the book became that he wasn't good enough passer perhaps out of the back but the improvements he's made this year are phenomenal i wouldn't mind seeing him get a, a january camp and paxton of course uh if he's not in the january camp i mean he's going to have some commitments over the olympic team over the last half of this year but he should be in that january camp as well yeah i mean uh brian mcbride said uh if he had a, a pick for the us 11 right now he'd put paxton pomacall in it i i noticed that he started paxton at left of uh, the, uh, the left of the two eights in that system and he had reggie yeah. cannon at left back i thought wait what <laughs> but okay <laughs> that, that's better than a lot of fans saying hey that yeah pomacall he defends really well maybe he could be the six like, oh, no, yeah. no 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 stop it Stop it. Just no. Just no. Uh, in FIFA, maybe, yeah. but not in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not in real life. Uh, all right. So the last thing is a hot, controversial topic this week. And, Dan, you are far more of an expert at this, uh, being involved with the supporters clubs over the last few years and being intimately 
involved with reporting on this situation, uh, as you have done for several years for us now. Um, break down for us the news that came out this week about season tickets, and you talked to uh, Chris uh, to Katz, and you have some good information about what all's going on and what the deal is with all the controversy this week with season tickets and parking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, season ticket holders earlier this week started to get emails. Uh, you know, basically saying, hey, come renew your season tickets. That'd be great. Um, I must apologize. I'm actually trying to load up uh, what I wrote the other day. I got one. Okay. Oh, of course you did. Um, so the email was a bit vague because it only had like four outline, you know, four real outline points. And it was all things that, well, mostly things that exist already. It was season ticket holder was free uh, benefit was free parking well FC Dallas is always parking uh, actually Kevin Lindstrom let me know that technically FC Dallas is, does not have free parking because three dollars of every ticket is technically a parking fee what which I did not know it's uh, I didn't either it's something to do with MLS's cut of the ticket revenue okay so I guess that part goes back to the city or the school district and not MLS, but you know, re- reality is if you get a free ticket, you're getting free parking. If you get a $10 ticket, you're still not paying extra for parking. Um, so, you know, there was that, there was uh, some club access and match day giveaways, all, all things that we kind of, you know, we've come to just know and like about FC Dallas games. Um, you know, my reaction was that sucks. That's not giving a benefit. That's taking a benefit away from the majority to give the minor- to the minority. Uh, but, you know, I was like, you know what, uh, Chris Katsianis, the, uh, VP of sales is, uh, you know, really, really good guy if you ever worked with him. So, you know, I shot him an email, I was like, Hey, can we have a chat about this uh, email that's gone around? Because, uh, you know, I just want to, want to hear it from the horse's mouth basically. And we had a, we had a chat and he talked it over. Uh, so essentially it wasn't mentioned in the email, but parking next season in all of the colored lots is going to be ten dollars. Uh, if you have a season ticket, you're going to get a you're going to get a physical pass where you can go to any but the gold or platinum. It'll be first come first serve. Uh, they are going to work on some ideas of how you can buy parking pass on a day, whether it's just going to be cash or it's card, or if you can buy like a you know, a partial season ticket almost. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's always keen to say, you know, they'll work with anything. And, you know, to his credit, he does. Uh, there was the club access. I think this is kind of the best part, honestly. Uh, the Hall of Fame club was always exclusive. I say always, it's only been around for 18 months. Uh, was exclusive to people with Hall of Fame club seats. Uh, it's now going to be open to all season ticket members. Oh, nice. Uh, so it, on the south side, the, the southeast corner, yep, the southeast, um, on the concourse, there's a door into the Hall of Fame club. It's just a bar, and that's where all those little uh, inset floor uh, little exhibition parts are, like the ball that uh, somebody scored. Uh, Brandy Chastain hit the penalty in 99, stuff like that. <laughs> Just just Brandy Chastain's goal, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool there's a lot of cool things in there. Um, 
so that'll be available. It, it kind of sucks for club members, but what it tells you is they weren't making money in it. Um, also, now the bar on the south end underneath that, the Heineken Red Star Club, that used to be open to everyone because initially it was people in the south end and it made zero money, so they opened it up. Uh, that and the Pepsi Patio, which is honestly just the name for a strip of concrete that sits outside of that bar, uh, will be exclusive to season ticket holders. Uh, so like under the under the cover, basically. Yeah, it's just a covered concourse. If it's raining, that's great, yeah. basically. Um, and then one thing they're going to do also to entice you to go to those bars is those match day giveaways. For everyone that went to the Seattle game, everybody used those Pepsi ponchos because, you know, it rained like hell. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, but, you know, all those noise clappers, the, the hats they gave away from Toyota with the camouflage print, all that sort of stuff, that's going to be exclusive to season ticket holders, and the idea is that's going to be given away in the South End bars. Hmm. Uh Cats did say to me, hey, one season ticket benefit people always forget is their membership services rep. Well, they sit on, they're all based on the north side of the stadium, so you can say, hey, I want to come and pick this up for you. I don't want to walk to the south end. Things like that. Um, mm. And then another thing is they've got a couple of season ticket holder gates. They're going to expand on those. Uh, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot about those really. Um, well, certainly access in and out of the stadium has occasionally been a problem over the last couple of years. Yes, yeah, it definitely has. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to add the extras, but you know, it'd be, it, I've seen a couple of complaints about ADA compliant entrances. Obviously, the media entrance we use is the ADA entrance, but on the other side yeah. of the stadium, there isn't a whole lot. You know, there's they've done some boneheaded things like when they had the World Cup watch party recently. They put the sign to show which way to go on the lowered curb, where if you have a wheelchair, you're going to go. <laughs> so it physically stopped people getting up. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like there's a whole lot of stuff going on with season tickets, uh, most of which are going to be the parking is going to cause some consternation from people. Uh, the, the idea that those clubs are going to be open to everybody who has a season ticket sounds kind of nice. I might go down there myself a few times. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the last thing is... Uh, the price and plan for next season comes out next week. That's true. I My season ticket rep contacted me about that as well this week, so I, I did know that to be the case too. But you have until September 22nd to lock in your current price. Um, <laughs> I did ask Katz, you know, what's the outline going to be? And he said, look, I'll be honest, it's not going to shock you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So I assume like in previous seasons, some of the pr premium areas go up. Some of the areas that don't sell nudge nudge wink wink the east side of the stadium where it's uncovered will probably go down a little bit oh that's good for me um i i assume i could be wrong it could just it could be a freeze all right we'll stay tuned for perhaps more ticket controversy next week as the pricing comes out <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a jam-packed show for you i think dan and i broke down almost everything that happened this week in the world of fc dallas one quick npsl news under the category of support local soccer which we're strong opponents are proponents of around here fourth vaqueros have defeated the denton diablos in the opening round of the mpsl playoffs that game was actually in denton vaqueros won in the eighth round of penalty kicks eight rounds that's incredible so now they advance and and the other team that advanced tonight was the midland odessa soccers who have been on a roll this year and they defeated local team dallas city nine to one they Which will is, host the final yeah. two. 
Yeah, that is a that Midland Odessa team this year is stacked. They look 100% legit. Vaqueros are going to have a very difficult time playing against them. Last time they went out there, they didn't hardly take any of their team because they were all coaching. Most of the Vaqueros guys all coached youth teams. I don't know if you know that. It was a big tournament weekend, so half their team didn't travel. So those are going to be two teams that really almost have never seen each other this year, and that'll be kind of an exciting uh, local soccer game uh, coming up. Uh, when is that game? Saturday. This Saturday. There you go. 7-15. So um, there you go. Support local soccer. And one further piece of local news. Solar SC uh, just wrapped up a 2-0 win over Lone Star in the DA Academy under 16-17 girls final. Yeah, the, the Solar Girls program is outstanding. Let's give some credit to the Solar Under-17 boys team who uh, knocked off FC Dallas on the way to, on their way, Solar's way, to winning the Under-17 bracket championship uh, for, with uh, a pretty strong performance. Uh, a good-looking team. They were right there, second place behind FC Dallas all year. Uh, one interesting thing about Solar um, is I've heard from through the back channels that uh, via what we're going to call the Chris Kappas rule that FC Dallas owns, owns the homegrown territory rights on any solar player, uh, that any guy, any, anybody that comes out of their system. Um, I've even heard a story that, uh, Dallas has actually blocked a player going on trial to another MLS club. Um, perhaps, uh, out of pettiness in terms of them losing Chris Kappas, but, um, such is the rules now, and it's perhaps unfortunate if somebody didn't get an opportunity. But um, at the same time, if Dallas was pissed enough about Capus, I can understand them blocking somebody else. Well, I think actually uh, you mentioned to me the club in question, and I remember uh, what's his name, uh, Ono. Uh, he was a homegrown target in the academy, and that club actually blocked his signing. So he went into the draft, played for RSL had a terrible attitude and got dropped after a season. I think he's uh, mm. he's playing locally now. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't such a bad thing at the time. Then. Yeah. Um, well, so I don't, I don't, I can't confirm anything with a, with a, the blockage of a solar players by name. It's just something I've heard has happened via the homegrown rule, which uh, homegrown territory part of the homegrown rule, which everybody hates and everybody expects to be repealed any minute. But as of now, it's not so. Theoretically, FC Dallas could sign uh, solar players to homegrown contracts, as uh, bizarre as that uh, sounds, despite the fact that uh, the player has not played for any FC Dallas Academy. So I don't uh, I don't understand how that maybe maybe they can't sign them. Maybe they can just prevent them from signing it's, for somebody else. It's just the craziest rule in the world. No, in, in the rules, it does say if they've played any DA games, uh, if they've been in a DA system for a year, within the territory so someone who's been for solar for a year could absolutely be signed by fc dallas i mean if only blaine ferry was still here yeah i i 100 know that fc dallas had blaine ferry's rights because i asked about it specifically but uh you know we all know that given the current love hate relationship between fc dallas academy and solar academy this is not going to happen it's a moot point but it is important to know that uh, they, their players and Dallas Texans uh, all are part of SC Dallas' homegrown territory. And we all think it's a dumb rule, but it is the rules as they stand. So uh, there we go. I will say that that rule um, it may improve those relations because the issue was, you know, FC Dallas would wait until a player was sort of 17 and then go in and pluck them from Texans yeah. and, and Solar. Instead, they can just say, cool, you do DA with them and we'll pick your, you will pick your rights at the end of it. If you want to come with yeah. us, great. That'd be and, interesting. And 
take in some North Texas SC games in the meantime. Well, I, I think that SC Dallas could go a long way to repairing the relationship with some of these local academies. If they have a player that comes from another academy, that they give that academy some credit. You know, I mean, Paxton didn't start with FC Dallas, right? He started with Solar. So, well, uh, all of them. Of all the 27, it's only Jesus Ferreira that's gone the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, easy for me to say. It's not my club, but I think it would go a long way for FC Dallas to repair some relationships if they were to give some recognition to the clubs that these guys came from. Oh, 100%. And those families yeah. are part of, should be part of your fan base. Yeah, they should be. They should be. Anyway, that's, uh, you know, that we, you and I are not by any means youth soccer in Dallas experts. There's a longstanding problems across the board that have impacted these relationships coming from both sides, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not all on the hunts, but that's definitely part of it. Anyway, that's all a discussion for another day, perhaps. All when right, Peter's that's a pretty back. packed – when Peter's <laughs> back, yeah. That's a pretty packed podcast. Hopefully uh, all you FC Dallas fans out there enjoyed our Peter Welton list show. Uh, we, we think we covered everything there was to cover this week. Dan, once again, thanks for helping out. Hopefully we can get this thing edited up online. Nice job, my friend. Thank you, and I look forward to the Walkabout podcast in the meantime. Yeah. I don't know there's going to be a Walkabout podcast, but there will be some pictures and stuff in social media of various kinds. Anyway, uh, that's all for this week. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Hopefully Peter will be here. Uh, thanks again for listening, FC Dallas fans. Enjoy your week. <laughs>